0: We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey everyone, welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I am here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good day to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Fantastic, man. Ready to jump into the cephalic phase of human digestion. So talk about a, uh, one lining opener, right?
1: Yeah. Just getting <laughs> right to it. I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is something that you and I talk about, uh, indirectly pretty frequently with our clients and the people in the experience and, um, it's, it's just family, friends. Like this is one of the biggest underlying things that we see that either scares people off from fasting or, mm-hmm. um, uh, doesn't allow people to stay consistent with it over time or even give it really enough of a shot to see whether or not fasting is something that could help them uh, in their life.
1: Yeah, it's almost like, um, no pun intended, but they get a little taste of the cephalic phase and get kind of scared away. Um, They they tend to think that it's just going to get worse or Um, You know, it's going to kind of compound from there. They can't really see themselves getting past it, but it actually gets easier as we'll talk about.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's frame it a little bit because now we're getting, you know, six months into having a podcast and not everybody that comes to us knows what the heck we do or who we are or where we came from. Right. So if this is the first time listening or you've only been with us for a few episodes, I recommend going back, listen to some of the older episodes, but also going to the website, thefastingforlife.com the the fastingforlife.com. Download the fast start guide and that really gives you the six steps with a free little mini mini masterclass video training. It's about 20 minutes of deep dive, six um steps to get and put fasting into your life starting today. Um, and this is one of the things that would really be good for the people that have done that and kind of fallen off or people that struggle with pushing the envelope or pushing those longer fasts. Um, mm-hmm. Because the cephalic phase Is related specifically to hunger pain.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the the longer you're fast, the more the more opportunities you're going to have to um, to feel the effects of the cephalic phase, right? So you want to go into you know what that means.
0: Yeah, for sure. So this is like we said, this is one of the things that like people struggle with and don't realize that they're struggling with it, but this is one of the reasons why it, it kicks you out of fasting or you don't want to stick with it or it's just you don't enjoy it, especially if you've just started, right? So I've been hearing this from my dad lately, like, man, the hunger, it's it's tough. And I'm like, okay, well, what'd you eat the day before? We'll talk about that. What mm-hmm. would you do that day? What's your stress level? How's your sleep? All those different types of things. But really when it comes down to just you feeling the hunger. People almost get like, man, I need to eat. And when we explain it from a physiological standpoint, not to get too nerdy or sciencey, but there's three phases of digestion. And the first phase is what's called the cephalic phase. And just, I'm going to say this really slowly. It's the stomach's response to the sight, smell, taste, or thought of food.
1: Yeah, it, it's literally the primer to the pump. It's it's literally your brain starts, whether it's, it's smell or sight or thought, and then it's literally kicking the stomach in saying, let's get ready. Something's about to happen. We're about to have some food coming in. We need to be ready for this.
0: And your, your vagus nerve, which is, you know, the, the nerve that runs throughout the entire body, right? It controls a lot of the autonomic things you don't think about, heart rate, um, digestive, processes, immune function. Um, there's a sympathetic and a parasympathetic part to it or an autonomic division. There's all these different subsets, right? But when we're talking about Mm -hmm. specifically for, um, the cephalic phase, that, that nerve stimulates the motility and secretion of the parietal cells and the gastric cells. So it's literally telling your stomach, get ready for food when you either see it, smell it, taste it, or think about it. So Um, that could be a problem if you're new to this or if you're trying to push the window on a longer fast Yeah, yeah, it could be a big
1: problem. Um, because think about think about being new to this You've never fasted before and you say, okay, i'm gonna give it a shot Um, and then you go into your first fast and you're you're used to you know You're still taking the same routes home from work. You're still walking into the same smells at home Uh, You're still thinking about walking over to the fridge or grabbing your favorite snack or beverage or whatever it is uh, during a certain time. Well, those cues are going to tell your brain, hey, this is this is what we normally do. Let's get ready. So while these habits are still strong and they're still deep, um, when you first get started, they're going to trigger very, very uh, dramatically. And they're going to get the cephalic phase, you know, kicking into high gear really quickly
0: combine this with combine that with not drinking enough water when you first start fasting like I can't tell you how important that is so typically hunger a lot of times can also be hydration related (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's it's just your body telling you hey give me water right like I think about that old movie uh feed me Seymour with the uh what is I can't even think of it with Rick Moranis right
1: yeah right um
0: feed me Seymour like I just hear that voice like oh yeah let me start with some water you know let me start with a little salt or trace minerals in the water if that doesn't work that typically will kick you out of that cephalic response. Um, But it's really framing it knowing that this is coming and that it's not really hunger because people get fear. It, It kind of like fear comes into this solution, into this problem too, where it's like, man, I need to eat. Or breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Or I need to snack in between my meals to boost my metabolism. All those things of like fearing that you're doing something wrong when you really just need to change the route on the way home, um, plan a project during dinner if you're not eating with the family that night, or be mm-hmm. the chef that doesn't eat, right? No chef walks out into the restaurant after he puts down a plate and takes a bite, right.
1: Shit, right?
0: right? You know, like be the chef, right? put on your chef hat, um, or, or really, um, you know, think about uh, the fact that this isn't a real thing that you need food, it's just your body's hormonal response and your visual stimulation. So shut the TV off. You're watching sports on Sunday and you're trying to fast. You're going to see all the infomercials for the wings and the food. And the, that's what marketing is. It's to mm-hmm. stimulate that response. And you feel it in the form of gurgling, growling stomachs. <laughs> right. I
1: mean, and we've talked about it a little bit. It can be as simple as like a mouthwash with a little bit of mint in there, or maybe some of them have some stevia to give them a little sweet kick. Um, It can be as little as that. And as soon as those, you know, can hit your tongue um, that, that can initiate the whole cascade here. But, you know, speaking more to your point of, you know, it's not, it's like it's false advertisement in the body. It's telling you, okay, we're used to the cues. Let's get ready. Here we go. Food should be coming in. But you know, if you're, if you're working on a fast, especially in the beginning, you don't necessarily need those calories right then and let's get back to the math for a second if you have 20 pounds of excess fat that's 70,000 calories wait, wait, that slow your body down say
0: that again how many
1: if you have 20 pounds of fat 3500 calories of of um, 3500 calories per pound of fat mm-hmm. that's literally 70,000 calories that that you can tap into but you're not ready yet if if you're just you know if you're just between meals right now you haven't started fat burning um, unless you're in ketosis already so y- your your body's using those sh- those sugar cues and it's still on the insulin roller coaster it's giving you false signals right here um so, so you oh, i'm sorry i'm so blown away you know, by that number i'm just
0: i'm <laughs> go ahead i'm just like i'm literally like floored i backed away from the microphone
1: right you you tend to to feel the cephalic phase more until you get into ketosis as until your insulin sensitivity starts to come back up and over time the 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 dramatic effect of the cephalic phase gets less and less that's why it one of the reasons why it
0: gets easier to fast over time yeah your body like reprograms itself right right yeah um it's super smart (laughs) it knows what it's doing Um, But it also has built-in survival mechanisms that sometimes we have to break down. So when you said 70,000, I thought, okay, typical standard weight loss program would be 300 caloric deficit or to 500 caloric deficit per day. So that's anywhere Mm -hmm. between 140 to 233 days of doing that (laughs) to lose that 20 pounds. Well, no wonder why people give up, you know, six weeks, eight weeks in, and that doesn't include the mistakes and the falling off the wagon and the beating yourself up for eating pizza when that you shouldn't be doing that because you ate it, you enjoyed it. Now move on. Right. Right. That bad psychological kind of framework that's built into it, but that's 140 to 233 days where if you can just know and acknowledge that the cephalic phase isn't real, that it is, you probably need some water and that you can fight through it. You can get that weight loss with one meal a day in 30 days. Like total, it's crazy. total, like that's why when you said 70,000, wait a minute, let me do the math on that. Right. And I've done it. I mean, I've lived it. That's, that was my eat less, move more calories in calories out. We know that that's not true for long-term results, especially in people that have any type of metabolic issues when it comes to blood sugar related problems, insulin resistance, that's undiagnosed, the pre-diabetes, the millions of people that are in that category out there that can't figure out why they can't lose the weight and keep it off. You know, and the worst part is, is that you're, you're emotional side of this is where the reticular activating system comes in and I was just thinking about this when you were talking about numbers is if you've ever been driving or you get a new car and then you realize that everybody else in your town has the exact same car you do right you're like oh wow I've never seen a yellow and then you're like wait a minute there's yellow cars everywhere like how is this happening right so the reticular activating system is this cool part of your brain where it'll tie in a um, uh, like a sight, a smell an emotion to, to, to your experience. So you will remember the emotion and the smell of that time, which will put you back in that exact moment. So if you've done stress eating in the past, your body's going to be more apt when you see those cues or smell those smells to go right back into that habit because your reticular activating system is going to go, Hey, yellow car, yellow car yellow car, like you're seeing Mm -hmm. it again. So knowing what your body is doing, because the hormones are the master control is just going to give you so much more power in knowing I can get through this.
1: Yeah, it's it's kicking on because it makes sense. So the body loves having a a storage of fat and you know, it'll keep storing the fat, um, you know, until it 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 can eventually kill you, um, you know, based on comorbidities later on in life, it will just keep doing it because it's saving it for a rainy day. And if it has access to more calories coming in all throughout the day, um, cause you're used to eating three meals a day, a couple snacks in there too. Um, it's just going to keep piling it on as a survival mechanism. So, you know, it doesn't take that long to bring down the, the warning bells, bring down the cephalic phase for it to calm down and actually allow, you know, fat burning, which is what happens as you get into ketosis, and then it, 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 once it taps into those calories, it doesn't have as much of a reason to, to fire the alarms um, at any given, you know, site of food.
0: And there's, so when we talk cephalic phase, like there's it's a real physiological principle, but there's a lot of nuance and gray area in between how fasting works for an individual. So it's really figuring out what works for you, right? Um, mm-hmm. So you just gotta go to try and test and try and test. And we've had some conversations recently Um, Where it's like, yeah, I did my first thirty-six hour fast, and it was awful. I'm like, yeah, the first one was tough because you've never done it. It's like, okay, let me just go out and run a marathon. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And we're not talking just for the you know the 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 um, nutritionist slash gym people that like you know live in the gym and do the workouts and get the results. We're talking about the people that have struggled with getting the weight off and keeping it off. Right. Right. So it's like Slowly okay,
1: accumulating more and more over time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it hasn't been working. So it's like, all right, yeah, well, you've never done this. Everything else you had done hasn't worked. So yeah, there is going to be some, you know, some apprehension there. But once you get through it and you do it a few times, after that second week for me, I knew that OMAD plus, you know, one meal a day plus 24 hours plus was what my maintenance life was going to look like because it mm-hmm. just simplified it for me to the point where. I knew when I was going to have my lows and I knew that the cephalic phase and my reticular and all these different things were like pushing me back towards that old set point, those old habits. And I'm like, no, 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 I know what's happening. And now I can just kind of push through and, and, and kind of almost reform that habit in a positive way to then not have to worry about those little subconscious fears and kind of stumbling blocks uh, in the beginning.
1: Yeah. You know, at a certain point, you kind of flip it on its head and then you get strategic with it. Uh, right. Like, um, I know I'm going to feel this way so I can get strategic. Um, you know, like you said, put a project at certain times of the day, maybe it's right before mealtime or right afterwards, or, you know, becoming the chef I that, you know, those are all great actionable things. So, um, me and Jen walked into a coffee shop actually this morning. Um, I was fasting. She's, she was not, and she was going to get a coffee. Um, I ended up having a, a black coffee with, with just a little bit of creamer in it. Um, but when I walked in there, it was actually a, a crepe and waffle and coffee place. It smelled amazing in there. And I was not prepared for when the cephalic phase actually kicked in. And she looked over at me a few minutes later. We were sitting there waiting for the coffee. It, it took a, you know, a few extra minutes for some reason. But um, she was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm just fighting off a little bit of nausea right now. I'll be okay. And it lasted for about 10 minutes. Um, And then I I got my coffee and it it got a little bit better. We walked out and it it subsided, but it probably took 10 or 15 minutes. But if that was day one for me, you know, fasting, um, that that may have been a little frustrating or even concerning. Um, But, you know, today I didn't worry about it too much, but she could see it on my face though still.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking. Well, it's taking a little bit longer just to torture you, right? You're like, right. why can I not just get my coffee and get out of this wonderful smelling place? <laughs> yeah, and I almost just walked outside, but you know, right. I I didn't. Right. But you know, those are those are habits we develop, uh, or right. um, you know, over time. It um. So when I'm <laughs> so to to as one of the things we like to say to land the plane, I'm thinking about you know action, like one action step that people can do. In regards to the cephalic phase and the hunger pain, um, and kind of breaking through, and we've talked a lot about you know different things that we've done. I'm just thinking about my two thirty, my two to three o'clock, my two to three thirty every day is my toughest part. And today we just so be are just happen to be recording uh, this podcast during that time. So normally this would be a time where I struggle with it. Mm-hmm. I had some black coffee, drank some water, talking to you, um, getting fired up about getting people to realize that it's not really hunger. And it's kind of gone away right so yeah, just right. a few minutes in i'm like oh yeah it's gone and i'm talking about the cephalic phase and food and it's not happening so um right. just thinking tommy one thing that we can kind of put out there in terms of uh an action step to kind of break through um yeah i mean uh, so refocus refocus that energy so
1: it, it's it was designed to put you into food seeking behavior was designed to get you ready for food to bring it in. Well, just know that it's coming, whether you're fasting or you're in between meals or you're, you know, you're in the middle of a window, whatever it is, um, an eating window that is, take that, take that energy, that frustration, repurpose it. It's only temporary. Um, but, you know, use it to, to push through to the end of some new project. Um, you, know, you know, plan out the rest of your week do something with that energy and, and put it to good use. And, you know, by the time you, you think about it next in 10 or 15 minutes, it's probably going to be gone. You're going to be better off for it. And you're still going to be, you know, in the, in the middle of that fast, you didn't break it and you're, you're better off um, than where you were 20 minutes ago.
0: Perfect. Love it. Um, one last thing I would recommend for everyone listening. If it, like I said earlier on, if this is the first few times you've listened to us, go back, listen to some of the earlier episodes Download the fast start guide. Uh, We appreciate the conversation of fasting and the community of fasting. So go ahead on the Facebook, like our page, uh, leave us a five star review. We prefer those. Uh, Any questions or comments, you can drop in there too. Uh, Tommy, as always, I appreciate you kind of diving into these topics with me. And just uh, you know, we're I, I cannot every time we talk. I'm always like, man, I can't believe that more people don't know about this. And that's exactly what we plan to do is to tell and teach more um, every single day. Absolutely. Enjoying it. Thank you, sir. Cool. Have a good day. You too. Bye.
1: So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting
0: tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free fast start guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.